Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Elizabeth and I have been busy attending and presenting at programs this winter, and we're not able to record a new podcast for today. So in looking through the Ask and Expert recordings from this past Farm Science Review, dealing with farm stress popped out. And maybe that's because this is a stressful time of year for those of us in extension, but it's also a very important issue for farm families as well. You all deal with a lot of pressure no matter what type of operation you run. So Kathy Goins shares with us some great tips with David Marison in this podcast on not only how to deal with stress, but also how to recognize it in others, which can be really important for your loved ones. A couple of pointers that I picked up on that can help reduce stress are learning something new. So I get the opportunity to do this almost every day in my job, and I love that. I never thought of it as a stress reducer, but thinking about it now, especially when that topic really clicks, it does create a sense of calm. Giving something also helps reduce stress, and I think that this is what keeps us educators sane during the winter season. We love helping you all by giving you tools and knowledge to be successful. It's the best part of the job, in my opinion, and one of the most enjoyable. So with that, here's David and Kathy, both OSU Extension educators, to talk about farm stress. So we intentionally put the next subject on because you just stressed me out so much listening to that crop um, crop report. We probably need to talk about farm stress. And if you don't feel stressed, you probably should after listening to every speaker we've had here today. Stressed or depressed? or maybe depressed then stress. So that's what we want to talk about. We know that it's been big. Wow, it's been big in high school about suicides and we've been talking about even in the farm economy with stress. So let's talk Kathy Goings who is in the Clark County Extension Office. Also working right around here the corner this week. But Kathy's here to talk about farm stress. Hi David. How are you? (laughs) Good, how are you? I'm trying to get de-stressed today so. (laughs) Yes. So what are some things that are leading to stress for our farmers, besides this last presentation with the prices there? Right, absolutely. So those are some of the, the biggest things that we talk about with our farmers is, you know, the low commodity prices, um, in addition to being worried and uncertain about any new trades, um, the trade uh, issues that are going on. Um, but that is compounded as, as well by those things that we cannot control. You know, farmers are usually pretty optimistic, Um, But there are so many variables that come into play when you're farming that you have no control over. So diseases or floods. um, Hurricanes like they had down in the south. Hurricanes, right? All the poultry down there. They lost Mm -hmm. quite a bit down there um, from them drowning. Um, Or your machinery breaking down. Um, And all of those things are typically done. Um, Farmers work in isolation. So they are on their own. They're working... Um, one-on-one, and sometimes it's, it's kind of tricky that they get caught up in their own thoughts and their own concerns. Um, and that is also compounded with the fact that there are very long working days. Um, if you have a family that also is demanding and needs your, your care and your concern there, that adds to the stress as well. So we know there's stressors out there. We could probably make a huge major list. You know, it could be family relationships, weather, farming, you name it. So what are some things that if 
how would I know that you're stressed? Or what are some signs? Or what does it do to you uh, as your well-being? Well, some stress is good. That fight or flight instinct that we mm-hmm. have is, is there to protect us. Also, it could be a motivation. I have a teenage son who didn't do a paper that's due today, so he was stressed last night, but he got it done. So, um, But the concern is for that unrelenting stress, that stress that never, ever stops. Um, and I call that administration. Yes. Oh, I'm not allowed to say <laughs> that in public, so... You're going to get us in trouble. Are any administrators here? (laughs) That's what i got to look around before I know. You're going to get us in trouble. Um, But that unrelenting stress can can cause long-term conditions. We know that stress in general could cause you to have stomach aches, headaches, uh, problems with sleeping, problems with eating. But the long-term, the chronic stress that's unrelenting, it raises your cortisol levels up in your body and it causes inflammation in your body, and that will lead to then other um, long-term conditions, so diabetes, heart disease, arthritis. Those are all um, kind of the side of having chronic stress with your body. Um, we do encourage a lot of people to look out for their friends and their farmers who are not necessarily willing to, to seek out help. Um, and some of those indicators for us might be that they're not taking as good care of their crops as they were or their appearance may not be as well. Um, they are no longer really interested in doing the things that they used to do. Um, those are some of those things that we really, you know, we want people to watch out for because they, a lot of times that stress goes unreported. So are there, we know that there's things that stress us. We can kind of pick up some visual clues and maybe just some things that are happening that people might be stressed. But we're also hearing that it goes untreated why? Why Why don't we... We know they're stressed, we know the symptoms, but we don't address it. So why Why are these stressors going untreated, especially in the farm population? There, there are a couple things that, that lead to this, is that um, there's still a stigma with mental health. Even though the new reports are that one in five people have a mental illness, um, there's still a stigma with that. So people are less likely to go and seek help for it. Um, they might be embarrassed. They feel like you know their role is to take care of everything. They take care of their crops. They take care of their animals. Really good care of them. So they're not going to admit that maybe they've let things with their internal or their physical take or mental care. well-being um, take you know take over. The other the other side of that too is that there are about 55 percent of the counties in the United States that are without any type of mental health um, practitioners. So that leads to us looking at um, if someone, a farmer, has to seek help, then they have to first decide. Um, and usually it's um, men who are struggling, and they decide because their wives are pushing them to do it. Um, but they have to decide. They have to make that commitment. Um, they would have to probably drive a half an hour to the doctor, an hour with the doctor, and a half hour back, which takes a lot of time away from their already really long work day. So... Thinking of stresses, they're not being treated, but are there some strategies on how we can cope? As individuals, as families, what are some ideas or tips that you would give us to coping with the stress? Because it sounds like, you know, it's only going to be more stress being added to the plate here over the next year, especially in the farm right. sector. So what can we do? So one of, the, one of the things that they recommend, because we are so, a lot of times when we're stressed, we kind of just isolate ourselves even more. We draw into ourselves, which is just the opposite of what we should be doing. We need to be connecting with people, um, with family, friends, neighbors, colleagues. 
um, those people in our local community. We really, our body really thrives on those connections. Um, and actively seeking out to try to make that will help with stress as well. So connect, number one. Yeah, keep connected. connecting. The second one is being active. So um, exercising, walking, running, gardening, any type, anything that you can do to help you understand how good your body feels when you are exercising regularly. Um, the other one is that we encourage people to keep learning. Stepping outside of what you're already doing, but learning something new, a new trade, a new hobby, um, just continuing to embrace the newness that's around you and let yourself grow some more. Um, there also, when you learn something and you master it, learn something new and you master it, you also get a new sense of accomplishment. The other one is to give. So giving in your community, joining groups, joining um, organizations where you can give back. Um, you know, we, a lot of times there's, there's that comfort of giving to someone. Even just a smile can help relieve a little bit of stress for the day. And the last thing that they really recommend is um, what we call taking notice or being mindful, um, taking some time to just uh, admire and enjoy and appreciate everything that you have around you um, rather than the opposite. You, know, you, you kind of take notice of all the positive things that you have going on. Now, yesterday, you know, I want this word mindfulness keeps popping up in popular press and in practice. But yesterday, I remember you saying you, you made a reference about a hurricane. You want to talk yes. about that in the eye of the storm of a hurricane and relate that to stress? Because I think, for me, it was very impactful to hear that visualization about in a hurricane, where do you want to be? Right. So I always refer to life as a hurricane. Um, it's that big, huge storm that's going on. And in that hurricane, you could have things from low commodity prices or a disease within your crops. You could have... Um, a sick wife or a sick husband or you get up and you know you have to go out and work on the tractor and your body hurts so bad that day um, you may have you know a furnace and your old farmhouse is going out and it's going to cost thousands of dollars to replace that and that is what we see in the in the actual storm of the hurricane and what do we see with the, with the hurricane and the path of that is a lot of destruction which is your life but if you use mindfulness mindfulness is the idea of centering yourself into your life out um, to the center of the hurricane. Right, in the eye of the hurricane. hurricane. And what's in the eye of the hurricane? It's a place of calm. There's blue skies. And so if you keep yourself in the middle of the hurricane, you can choose. Your life still goes on around you. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the middle, you choose which things to address at what time, and you don't get totally sucked up into that storm. So mindfulness. What do you mean by that, and how do we do it? Maybe we, I'd see everyone's kind of relaxed out there, <laughs> but mindfulness is a way to get us to that eye of the hurricane, correct? So how, explain if I, how do I, how do, I do it? Or how, well actually we're going to have, I think we should do some audience participation. How do we actually do that? Okay. So the idea of mindfulness, um, a lot of people think of it as meditation and um, actually just centering yourself, being aware of your body, your surroundings, and everything that goes on around you. Um, the meditation of it makes you more alert, more focused, and more aware. We do know that people who use mindfulness uh, oftentimes are going to make better decisions, um, which could really fully impact the long term you know, of your business and your, and your agricultural industry as well. So with mindfulness, what we try to do is we have people just slow down from what they're doing um, and just be aware of the things that are going on around them. 
the, the beauty of actually being in agriculture and being on the farm, I think yesterday you said you call it tractor time, mm -hmm. is that we have that ability to be on our own, in nature, you know, really appreciating all the beauty that we have around us. Um, one of the things, and there's no mystic um, attri attributes to this, it's really just um, focusing. One of the things that we encourage a lot of people to do is to focus on your breathing. That's one thing that you always have with you. Um, that you can use yourself to calm down. I know that when I come across people, there are certain people in my life that stress me out the minute I see them. And you will see me stop, and I'll just breathe in through my nose. I wondered why out. you did that before you came up here. Yeah, I saw right. That. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> but it does, it just does a really, it does a lot of good. Um, we would have, when I worked in the mental health field, we would have a lot of times people who suffered from anxiety and stress, we would have them have little bubbles have a little bubble, you know, the, where you blow your bubbles, and that would actually, through that process of doing that, would help them calm down and bring in um, their, you know, their, what they're trying to accomplish without being too anxious and not crumbling in the face of adversity. So you kind of gave us a strategy yesterday. Like, I see how people are sitting out there, but how would I get into a place of mi mindfulness just right now, right in that place? So it's really easy to do anywhere. Um, well, the first thing that you would do is just to uncross your arms and your legs. And so I can't sit here like this and grr and growl? No, you're going to probably hold some of that stress inside there. Okay. Um, so you would put your, your feet on the ground, um, resting firmly all the way back in your chair, so you can feel your back rest on the back of the seat. Don't tip them over, warning. Yeah. There we go, okay. <laughs> um, and, and then you just put your hands on your, on your thighs. And the first thing in mindfulness is just aware of your hands on your legs and the warmth that you have there. And some people like to do this with their eyes closed. Some people do it with their eyes open. Um, being aware of how your feet feel on the ground. Letting your feet relax onto the ground. And then up to your shins or your calves and letting your calves also just fall right into the ground. Releasing your thighs into your seat. Relaxing your stomach. And then you would just take some time and just take some deep breaths. So you breathe in through your nose slowly and then out through your mouth slowly, as slowly as you can. And you breathe in and back out. And on the breath in, you can think of the things that are causing you a lot of stress. And on the breath out, you push them out of your mind for a minute. And on the next breathe in, pay attention to the things that you hear, the things that you see, the things that you smell. And then back out. For me, I'm really focusing on that breeze that keeps blowing by that's just nice and cool. And then back out. And typically, we would have you do that for about 10 minutes. So and that is just enough time to reset your brain. Almost reset my brain to sleep. Yes, it does do that too. <laughs> and you said something yesterday. If you're stressed and you're in the tractor, you can even stop the tractor at the end of the field, take a couple minutes for mindfulness, and then go back to it. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Um, I have found, because my son, his generation, really thinks that red lights are a place for their parents to check their cell phones. And when we're doing that, our brain doesn't get a chance to reset. If there's too much stimulation going on that it doesn't allow our, our, the full capacity of our gray matter to take over. 
So for me, because he actually said that to me, my mindfulness time during the day is when I'm stopped at a red light. And I'll just take a minute and I'll think about my hands on the steering wheel or the cars that might be going by, or I'll look at the trees that may be in bloom, whatever it is, but just taking that second. Um, and the research shows that if you do it regularly, it does cause some new, um, new firing in the brain and it allows that your cognitive um, ability to improve. I, used, I read a book from Dr. Paul Pearsall once that said cancer patient, if you put a ca cancer patient and a, just a regular person next to each other, the cancer patient's going to notice the smell of the morning coffee is going to mean a lot more to them than, than this person just in the normal realm of their daily day, taking yes. the moment to, to see the surrounding smell, hear, listen. I smell Bahama Mama, <laughs> and I heard the wind, um, but that's the kind of thing that you're trying to get your – to de-engage your brain, especially important with technology today. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much coming at us all the time that our brain doesn't have the ability to filter all of that out. So it's constantly thinking, constantly working. And with all of those distractions, you're not really able to focus and hone in on the things that are important. But back to the, you know, the cancer patients, you know, they, a lot of people will talk about, you know, I, I have to stop and appreciate the small things, mm -hmm. you know, that stop and smell the roses. But it really is so fulfilling. cliche, but so true. Right. right. But, you know, and, and they even say, I wish I would have done this before I got sick because I would have had my whole lifetime to stop and appreciate it. So we only had this short 20 minute segment. Any number one, can, where can we get more resources or if they want to visit with you? And, and secondly, any um, just top tips to take away? Just a, a few pointers. Well, I mean, the first thing is recognize that there's a problem and ask for help if there is. Um, there's no, there's nothing embarrassing to say, you know, I just need some time um, for me. The next one is the importance of practicing that mindfulness if you want to use it. We do have um, mental health first aid. We have a team within Ohio State University Extension that goes out and teaches mental health first aid. Um, they do a lot of work around the state with, you know, how are you helping your friends through that? How do you recognize the things that might be coming? It's both adult and youth curriculum, so anyone over the age of 18 can take it, and it's a three-year certification for it. Um, most of the places are offering it for free because there's a grant that we have to cover it. Um, the, the adult one is how you're helping your friends and how you're, you're witnessing things that are going on. The youth program is more um, looking at what is typical teenage behaviors and what are things that we really should be worried about because teenagers are so up and down, um, but it really helps you un make, get an understanding of when we need to be worried. So I do have some of those flyers here for people as well. Okay, we have time for maybe a quick question before we transition to our next stop. Any quick questions on stress? Are you too stressed to ask? <laughs> You're also going to be over in the McCormick building. Yes, at the so Universal Design Display. Universal Design Display. So if you would like to talk to Kathy more on a one-on-one -on -one basis, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, stop and talk to you over, which is right around the corner, right past the gardens here. And you yep. can visit with you or some other members of the team that might be there yes. too, right? Yep. All right, Kathy, appreciate you stopping Thank by. Thank Kathy's you. doing one of these each day, so we'll be back tomorrow talking about the same topic. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.